0: Are you looking for ways to strengthen your marriage? Would you like to raise children you enjoy being around? Do you long for a peaceful, orderly home that's a blessing to everyone who comes through its doors? Then you've come to the right place. I'm Jennifer Flanders, a Bible-believing, homeschooling mother to 12 and host of the Loving Life at Home podcast. Join me as we discover what God's Word has to say about marriage, motherhood, and minding the things that matter most. Hello, friend. Thank you so much for joining me for this very first episode of Loving Life at Home. Today, we're talking about mentors. Where should you look to find a mentor? How do you recognize a good mentor when you see her? And what can you do if you find yourself in a place where you just don't know any older women who would be willing to serve in this way? So let's delve in, beginning with the basis for this kind of mentoring relationship between older and younger women that we find in the book of Titus. Titus 2 3 through 5 reads Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. So that really sums up my reason for creating this podcast in the first place. I've been blessed to have many wonderful mentors in my own life, both past and present. And in the same way that they've poured into me, I want to pour into you and encourage you in all these areas. Of course, nothing compares to having a flesh and blood person who can sit across the table from you, look you in the eyeballs, and listen as you pour out your heart, then offer wise biblical counseling for how to address those struggles. So before I get too deep into my goals for this podcast, I want to look at where you might be able to find one or more of these flesh and blood mentors that we all crave. So the first place that I would look is within your own family. If you have a mother, grandmother, aunts, sisters, cousins, look for people who are actively living the life that you aspire to, who are grounded in the Word of God, who are consistently setting an example that you would want to follow. For me, my own mother was definitely that kind of mentor. She is still my best and closest mentor to this day. I just love her so much. She modeled such a good example of how to be a devoted wife and a loving mother and just a Christian who actually applies the Word of God, who who reads it daily and applies it to her life, memorizes it, studies it, applies it. And she's offered me such great counsel from childhood on up much of which I'll be sharing with you in future episodes of this podcast. And with each passing year, I admire my mom more, and I'm more and more grateful for the example that she so faithfully lived out in front of me. One thing I think that my mom did especially well, in addition to her own good example, was not to be jealous of others who might pour into me. In fact, she would actively track down other women who could teach me things that she didn't feel qualified to teach For instance, when I was in grade school and I wanted to learn how to crochet, mom gave me a crochet hook and taught me the basics, but then she called up a neighbor and sent me over to the neighbor's house to learn more advanced stitches, which I did. I still love to crochet today. In fact, some of the baby blankets that I crocheted back in junior high and high school, every single one of my 12 babies slept under once I grew up and got married. So there's a fun fact for you. In the same way, when I wanted to hone my sewing skills or learn how to paint, mom would call up an aunt or one of her sisters, and I'd go spend a little time at their house so that they could teach me what they'd learned about those areas. So if you're fortunate enough to have family members who are godly and who are skilled at doing stuff that you want to learn, then I'd encourage you not to be shy in asking them to help you in this way. If not, then another place that you can look for mentors is among your friend group. Most of the time, experience really counts for more than age when it comes to finding a good mentor. She doesn't have to be substantially older than you are. If one of your friends is further down life's road and doing well in some area that you want to improve, then talk to her about taking you under her wing. Our oldest daughter had a couple of mentors back when she was in college that really weren't much older than she was at the time, but they had already graduated and gotten married and had children, and so they were able to provide counsel and encouragement in a way that she was really craving during that season of her life. Likewise, when my husband and I got married, we got married fairly young and we started our family right away. So by the time some of our friends were getting married and having babies, we already had four, five, six babies and had weathered some of those early stages that our friends were just beginning. So even though they were older than we were, they would come to us with questions and we were able to answer them. And I think that this fact beautifully illustrates a really important part of of mentoring relationships and that is that you will always find someone who knows more about a particular subject than you do and someone who knows less someone who is further down life's road and someone who is still a little behind you and so really mentoring becomes a two-way street You can be a mentor to those who are coming up behind or are younger than you, but you can also go and find a mentor among those who are older and more knowledgeable or experienced. So that's something to keep in mind also. In addition to surveying your friend group, you should look for potential mentors at your church. Many churches are chock full of wise mentors. So keep your eyes open for older women who are happy in their marriages and have faithful children, or thriving ministries or well-organized homes, then learn as much as you can from them. Don't be afraid to ask questions. While I was in college, I had one older woman from church that approached me and offered to be my mentor. She she said, Jennifer, I would really like to get to know you better and pass on some of the life lessons that God has taught me. She was in her 70s at the time, maybe her 80s, and she would invite me and a few other college girls over for tea about once a month, maybe twice, individually, and study Bible passages like Proverbs 31 and Ephesians 5 and talk through how those applied to our life. However, with the exception of Mrs. Harper, all the other women from church who ended up serving as mentors to me required a little coaxing. I remember approaching one couple in particular when my husband and I had two, maybe three kids and were just living in a tiny little apartment. But there was a couple at church that we'd closely observed and really admired. I think they had seven or eight kids at the time, all very polite, all well-behaved. And so we invited that entire family over to dinner in that little bitty apartment. And we peppered them with questions all evening long. Uh, I picked her brain, my husband picked his brain. I had a legal pad full of questions and took notes on everything they said. They cooperated graciously and we learned a lot from using that tactic. Uh, Note, you don't necessarily have to ask anybody in so many words to be your mentor. If they're busy with their own families, they may not be ready to commit to a long-term relationship like that, but they'd probably be willing to meet with you every once in a while and answer specific questions. I met fairly regularly with that mother with all the kids who were so gracious to let me pick her brain. Not often, just every once every year or two, but I always came away feeling refreshed and re-energized and ready to apply all her wonderful words of wisdom as her advice was always rooted in scripture and was tested with experience. So we've looked at family, friends, church members for mentors, um, you should also look to your other social groups. If you're still in school, you might potentially find some good mentors there. The small Christian university that I attended assigned me with an academic advisor when I first started school that stuck with me all the way through graduation. And she was a math professor. My, my degree was in math. And she not only made recommendations as to what courses I should take and when and degree plans and that kind of thing, uh, she also took a personal interest in my life and my goals and beliefs, and we discussed those at length, and she shared her life with me in in return. She even tried to set me up with a few guys that she thought would be good potential matches. So I really appreciate the time and the wise counsel that she invested in me. Likewise, my husband at that same little college, Christian college campus had a close mentoring relationship with his philosophy professor. I'm not sure if Dr. Parker was uh, Doug's assigned academic advisor or if they just hit it off in class, but he would give my husband loads of extra books to read and essays to write for fun and ended up being uh, such a close friend that he even served as a groomsman in our wedding. Of course, if you've already finished school, you can survey your other social groups that you may be involved in, including community clubs, volunteer programs, your children's sports teams, that sort of thing. When my husband and I first moved to Tyler, we got plugged in with the local homeschool support group where I met several moms with older kids who offered invaluable guidance as my own children started reaching high school and beyond. So keep your eyes open for women in all those settings that are joyful Christians and who are faithfully serving the Lord. Of course, sometimes circumstances are such that you can't find a suitable mentor in any of those places that I've mentioned. Maybe you don't have family members who are worth emulating. Uh, Perhaps your friends are as clueless as you are in the areas that you find most challenging. Maybe the schools you attended were large and impersonal and your advisors didn't seem interested in spending more time than was absolutely necessary. Well, there's still one more source that has provided me with wonderful mentors for every challenge I've ever faced, and that is books. Of course, the Bible is the best and most important book any of us will ever read. It's the book I begin with daily, uh, the book by which I measure all other books. It's the only book that I read from cover to cover every single year, and I'll include a link in my show notes of my favorite one-year Bible reading plan, uh, in case you're interested in trying that too. But one of the things I love about books is they allow you to have conversations with the authors without feeling like you're intruding upon their valuable time. Most of those conversations take place in your head, uh, or at least they did for me, or in the margins of the books that I was reading because I would write down the reactions to what I was reading and underscore everything that I wanted to remember. But a few of those conversations took place in real time, like the time I corresponded with Elizabeth Elliot way back in 1986. For the price of an envelope and a $0.22 stamp, I was able to pour my heart out to this beloved author concerning a matter that was really weighing heavily on me at the time, and one that I felt certain after reading her books that she would relate to and understand. So a couple of weeks later, I received her beautiful handwritten reply, a reply I absolutely treasure and have safely tucked away in a scrapbook to this day. Just as you would expect, that reply was filled to overflowing with gracious, biblical, wise counsel, which I gladly followed. And I can honestly say that doing so changed the entire course of my life. But that's another story for another podcast. In addition to Elizabeth Elliot, I read Edith Schaefer and Sally Clarkson and Nancy Campbell and several other godly older women who wrote wonderful books on those tightest two topics of marriage, parenting homemaking and Christian womanhood. And I kept reading. I I keep reading now. Uh, Even though I've moved into that older woman category myself, I never want to stop learning because there will always be room for growth and improvement this side of heaven for all of us. But I'd also like to pass on what I've learned and I'm still learning to younger women with a heart to listen, which brings us full circle back to my goals for this podcast. When my husband and I first moved to Tyler, there was a little Christian bookstore in town that sold homeschooling curriculum. And we got to know the managers. And one of them eventually asked if they could pass our phone number along to customers who came in with questions about homeschooling. And we said, sure. And pretty soon the calls started trickling in from folks who were new to town or who uh, were new to homeschooling and wanted uh, curriculum advice or pointers on getting started or information on finding a support group and that sort of thing. At first, um, I only got one or two calls a week, but they eventually picked up to the point that it was becoming a challenge for me to answer all the homeschooling questions on the phone and still make it through all my homeschool lessons with my own children. So my husband came to the rescue. He had a brainchild, said, Jennifer, all these people are asking the same basic questions. You should just build a website, Put the answers to the 10 most frequently asked questions on the website, and then when someone calls, you can give them the short answer on the phone and then refer them to the website for more details. So voila, that is how my first blog, Flanders Family Home Life, was born over 15 years ago. It's grown much bigger since those humble beginnings and has now expanded to include a treasure trove of free printable resources like calendars and chore charts, lesson planners, coloring pages, reading lists, party games, you name it. And I still field lots of questions like, how do I keep my toddlers occupied while I'm doing lessons? Do you have any tips for traveling on a budget? How can I motivate my kids to keep their rooms clean? What should I do to prepare my teens for college? How do I respond to rude comments about my family size and more like that. I've posted answers to all these questions and more on our family website, which I'll link in the show notes, but I will also touch on all these topics in upcoming episodes of this podcast. However, some of the questions that I received, especially after I published my first book, Love Your Husband, Love Yourself, weren't necessarily appropriate for our child-friendly family blog, so I started a second blog, Loving Life at Home, to give me a place to write about more mature topics like love and sex and marriage, things like that. And that's where I fielded such questions as Is virginity really worth saving for marriage? What if my husband refuses to plan weekly date nights? How do I prioritize intimacy when I'm constantly exhausted? Do I have to respect my husband if he's done nothing to earn it? How should I handle a mother-in-law who is impossible to please? And so forth. We'll tackle all of these topics in future episodes as well. So I hope you'll come back The wonderful thing about new technology is it allows me not only to pay forward all that wise counsel my mentors have given me through the years, but in a way that extends my reach far beyond the printed page. Lots of women are too busy today to read a book, but they can listen to a podcast while they're washing dishes, folding laundry, running around the block, or waiting in a carpool line. And I love that fact. And if you do, too, I hope you'll come back next week for episode two of Loving Life at Home. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a question you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, message me on Instagram at Flanders underscore family, or contact me through my website, lovinglifeathome.com. Before you go, if you've been encouraged by something you've heard on the show, me a favor and forward the link to a friend or head over to Loving Life at Home on Apple iTunes to subscribe and leave a written review of the show. Your doing so will help others find me so they can listen too. Until next time, I pray the Lord will bless your efforts to build a loving home life centered on Him.